Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. Today we are kicking off a brand new series called, Yes, Jesus Did Say That. Um, because look, there's, there's tons of places in the Bible where Jesus says things that we would absolutely expect him to say. You know, things like, love your neighbor as yourself. Or, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Or, let the little children come to me. And, you know, we, we, can, we can picture Jesus saying those things. But, there are some places in the Bible where Jesus says some things that we just would not expect. And, and whenever we read them, we're like, did he really just say that? Does he mean what I think he means? Because when we read them, they just seem so out of character for Jesus. Now, they don't occur very often, but they do occur. So for the next three weeks, we're going to look at three of these instances when Jesus says something that, honestly, it just seems so out of character for, what he, what, for, for him and what we know about him. But, catch this, we're not going to just unpack what he says. We're going to unpack why he says what he says. Because when we can understand the why, then the what makes a ton more sense. As uh, most of you know, um, Amy and I, we have two kids, and we, look, they're great kids. Uh, Libby and Ben are, they're, they're good kids, you know, you know, they're obedient, they don't give us any problems, they're both Christ followers, they're both on a really good path in life, but every now and then, their sin nature jumps up and bites them in the rear, okay? Uh, for instance, <clears throat> not too long ago, uh, Ben our son went through this phase where he just didn't feel like Amy and I were doing enough for him in his life. Like he just, he just went through this little part where he just felt like he was the center of our universe and we should start treating him as such. And I, look, and I think all kids go through a phase where they feel like they're the center of the universe. You know, and some people, like, they never grow out of that. And even as adults, they think they're the center of everything. Um, we call them politicians. But, <laughs> but Ben went through this little phase where that's where, what he thought. And so, anyway, so one day Amy and I went to him and we said, okay, Ben, your mom and I are no longer going to do anything for you for this week. This week, we're not going to do anything for you. In fact, for this week, you have to pay us for everything that we do for you. Which means, if you want to ride to school, you've got to pay for the taxi service to get there. If you would like to eat our food, you're going to have to pay for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner. Now, we're going to give you snacks for free. But all that other stuff, you've got to pay for. And anything else that we would normally do for you, you've got to start paying for with your own money for the remainder of this, for this whole week. And he just stood there like his mouth was like, because what we were saying was so out of character for us. So he had to, he had to pay us for use of our washer and dryer to do his laundry that week. And so now Kim's pretty smart because he figured out that if he 
uh, paid for breakfast, and he ate a big enough breakfast, and he timed his snacks right, that he could totally skip lunch, because you know, remember, snacks are free. He could totally skip lunch and only have to pay for dinner. So, I, like, I'll be honest with you, like, I don't know that the week went as well as Amy and I planned, because he spent most of the week trying to figure out, you know, how to beat the system, you know, how to work, how to work it all. But in the end, in the end, he did learn how to appreciate us and what we did for him a little bit more. Okay, now, mom, dad, before like, you take this to an extreme uh, in your, and you start invoicing your kids for everything, um, we, I mean, we made sure that he, got, he ate, uh, and we didn't bill him much. I mean, for heaven's sake, I mean, he's just a kid. He doesn't have a lot of money. So like, don't go over the top with it. But my point is, my point is, is what we said to him was so out of character for us that it boggled his mind until he understood the why behind the what. And then once he understood the why, then the what made a lot more sense. And so for us today, we need to understand what, not just what Jesus says, but why he says it. And when we do, then what he says will make a whole lot more sense. Because look, here's the deal. If we never understand the why, then we run the risk of misapplying what he says. And if we misapply what Jesus says, then chances are that it's going to come across as judgmental, and people, will, people have lived under guilt and condemnation when that was never intended. That, that is not what Jesus intended at all. And it can cause people to feel things that they should feel they're totally unnecessary. It would be like if Ben started billing his future kids for laundry services and did that for all of their lives because one day, one week, way back when, we made him pay because you'd be totally misapplying what we were doing. And in the very same way, people misapply what Jesus has said, and they take it to places where Jesus never intended it to go. So we need to understand it. So like, let's just jump right in there. With one of the things things that Jesus says that, honestly, I believe is probably the most confusing thing he ever says. And so, let's look at it. Because when we read it, we're like, did he really just say that? So, plot your message notes. Or if you want to plot your Bible, that's perfectly fine. We're in Matthew chapter 5, verse 31 and 32. Here it is. It has been said, this is Jesus talking, it has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness, causes her to become an adulteress. And anyone who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. What? Because, Jesus, it sure seems a lot like you're telling us here that if anyone gets a divorce, you know, for any other reason other than adultery, and then if they remarry, that they're committing adultery. Which means either you don't get remarried ever, or you live with the stigma of adultery. I mean, is, is Jesus, is that really what you're saying? Because that seems a little out of character, don't you think? 
And look, and while, while it's confusing to us, the truth is, it made perfect sense to the people that Jesus was talking to in the day. Because remember, the people of Jesus' day, they lived under the laws of the Old Testament. And so they knew what the Old Testament says. In fact, Jesus is talking about an old, he's referring to an Old Testament passage that talks about um, divorce and marriage and remarriage. And all the people of his day would have known exactly what he was talking about because Jesus, when he says, um, that first part where he says, anyone who divorces his wife and gives her a certificate of divorce, he's quoting this Old Testament passage. So everybody would have been like, oh yeah, I totally know exactly what Jesus is talking about. And what he's, Jesus would have said makes sense. So here is the Old Testament passage he's talking about. It's in Deuteronomy 24, okay? Beginning of verse 1. Here's the passage. If a man marries a woman who becomes displeasing to him. Now, I want you to underline displeasing to him. It's important. We'll come back to it. Because he finds something indecent. I want you to underline find something indecent. That's important, too. About her. And writes her certificate of divorce, gives it to her, and sends her from his house. And if after she leaves his house, she becomes the wife of another man, and her second husband dislikes her and writes her certificate of divorce, gives it to her and sends her from his house, or if he dies, then her first husband, who divorced her, is not allowed to marry her again after she's been defiled. Now, the word defiled is actually not supposed to be a negative term there. It just means after she's had sexual relations with her second husband, which you would expect, which would be perfectly fine, okay? So, <clears throat> I need you to hang on to your hat because I don't want to lose you as I explain all this, okay? Uh, Look at those two phrases I had you underline. Displeasing to him and find something indecent, okay? In Jesus' day, there were two schools of thought of how to interpret this passage, especially the parts I had you underline. The more permissive school, which, by the way, was what most people adhered to, shockingly, the more permissive school said that if a woman did anything to displease her husband, Anything, including burning the dinner. Seriously, including burning the dinner, then he could divorce her. And there are written instances where that actually happened. And so, uh, it was just crazy. And now the second school of thought of this passage was actually a very strict interpretation that basically said the words... The, the displeasing and finding something indecent only applied to marital unfaithfulness. And if that were to occur, then the guy was supposed to write a certificate of divorce. And in fact, they almost made it a requirement to divorce if that was the case. So Jesus is speaking to people with this mindset. And so there comes a day when Jesus is asked about marriage and divorce and remarriage, and he's asked by the religious leaders of the day, and he, they ask him a question to test Jesus. And they're trying to trap him so that Jesus will offend either one or both groups of people in society who have this, you know, one of these two mindsets, okay? And so here is what happens when Jesus is questioned. It's found in Matthew 19, verse 3. Follow along. Some Pharisees, that's religious leaders, came to Jesus, to him, to Jesus, to test him. They asked, 
Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? And so, see, like, now you understand why they would say that, right? Like, you know, burning the toast. Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife and the two will become one flesh. They are no longer two, but one. And I want you to underline this phrase. Therefore, what God has joined together. Therefore, what God has joined together. Let man not separate. So what Jesus is saying here is like, look, if a guy divorces his wife, you know, for something small, you know, like burning dinner, that he should not divorce her. That there's no reason for it because God never intended that. So Jesus here in this passage, he's preventing hasty divorces. Verse 7. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Which, by the way, that's a lie. The law actually never commands that a person gets a divorce in the case of marital unfaithfulness. They changed the meaning and made divorce a requirement. <clears throat> Verse 8, Jesus replied, no, 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 no. He says, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness and marries another woman commits adultery. Now this absolutely just, it blew people's minds. Because look, even under their strictest interpretations of the law, even the most stringent interpretations, was that if there was unfaithfulness, that you, you had to divorce. And now Jesus is saying, it's like, no, no, no. It's always been God's intent that you work it out. It's only if you can't work it out that God actually permits divorce. But even more than that, Jesus says that if a guy divorces his wife you know, for something frivolous and ends up marrying another woman, then it's, it's like he's committing adultery with this second person because he never should have divorced his first wife to begin with. And, and this, is, this was just so far outside the framework of people's understanding. I mean, they just could not possibly wrap their minds around it. I mean, it was like, it just blew apart everything that they'd ever been taught their whole lives about marriage, remarriage, and divorce. You remember earlier in this sermon, you know, like 14 minutes ago, I told you that we need to understand the why, and if we understand the why, then the what makes a whole lot more sense, okay? So why does Jesus say what he says? Here's why, and this is what I want you to write down. These are, these are your feelings, okay? The first why behind the what is this, is that marriage is way more sacred than I think. In God's eyes, marriage is way more sacred than I think. Because the key problem is Jesus' day is that even the people that had the strict view of marriage, they didn't view marriage as sacred as God did. Because, and most people thought you could divorce for you know, pretty much any old reason that you wanted to. I mean, if the person I'm with doesn't make me happy, 
then I should divorce and go find someone else who does. Now, doesn't that sound like the prevailing attitude of today? That if, if the person I'm with doesn't make me happy, then I should just divorce and go find someone else who does. But what I want you to understand is that according to Jesus, marriage is way more sacred than I think. Jesus tells you and me that in no, in no uncertain terms that what God has joined together, man should not try to pull apart. That's what he says. Look, now, does, does God want you to be happy in your marriage? Well, I mean, of course he does. Of course God wants you to be happy in your marriage. But every marriage at some point goes through season, a season where one or both people aren't happy. Every marriage goes through that. But that doesn't mean that you can't find happiness again. But what it does mean is that if one or both people aren't happy for a season, then you don't throw in the towel. You don't just cash it in. You don't throw it away. You work on it. You work through it. You fight for each other even if there's times you're fighting with each other. That's what Jesus is getting at here. So, bottom line, you know what this means? It means that Jesus views your marriage as sacred. Your marriage is important to him. And, and look, even if you're on your second or your third marriage, you... Or even if you ended your previous marriage for reasons that you know, were outside of marital unfaithfulness, it doesn't matter. Your current marriage is sacred to Jesus. It's sacred to God. And if you're single, your future marriage is sacred to God. So the why behind the what is this, is that your marriage is important to him. Your marriage is important to God, and he wants your marriage to make it. He wants your marriage to succeed. He wants your marriage to last until death do you part. And if you're on your second or your third marriage, he wants your marriage to make it. He wants your marriage to succeed. He wants your marriage to make it till death do you part. Because your marriage is way more sacred than you and I think. It's sacred to Jesus. And so, he wants us to view it as sacred, because look, if God views your marriage as so sacred, that he would not want you to end it for any reason, except for marital unfaithfulness, and even in that case, only if you can't work it out. If he views your marriage as that sacred, then shouldn't you? I mean, shouldn't you view your marriage as that sacred? And I, I think one of the reasons why <clears throat> we let unhappiness so quickly seep into our marriages is because we don't hold them as sacred as our Heavenly Father does. And so we don't do things to guard and protect and to nurture and to invest in our marriages like we should. Because if we did, then that unhappiness wouldn't so quickly seep into our marriage. Now, 
there's a, so many things that you could do to guard, protect, nurture, and invest in your marriage. But look, I'll be honest with you, like, that's another sermon series. In fact, we've done multiple marriage sermon series at this church, and, and two recent ones we've done. One is called Vows. Another is called Tying the Knot. And so if, if you're looking for some needs, some practical ways that you can guard and nurture and value and invest in and protect your marriage, then go back on our, on our app or go online and watch those two message series. Though there's so many good things in there that can help you, okay? So, but let's look at the second why behind what Jesus says. The second why is this, is that I'm supposed to work things out if I can. I need to work things out if I can. Why did Jesus say what he said? It's because he wants people to work things out. And remember, even under the strictest interpretations of the day, the religious leader said, no, 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 you must get a divorce. And Jesus says, no, 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 that's not, that was never God's intent. God's intent was that you would always try to work it out. But then if you absolutely can't, then yes, divorce is permitted. But look, Above all things, marriage is so sacred to God that he wants you to do everything you possibly can to work it out. Everything you can to work it out. And if you absolutely can't, well then, in that you know, regard, marriage and, or divorce of marriage is, is permitted. Okay, So now that we've got a, a full understanding of the why behind the what, and we understand what Jesus says, let, let's ask three questions for clarity. So what are three questions that we could ask that kind of clarify things for us? Here's the first question. Number one, okay, well, bottom line, is it okay to remarry? I mean, is it okay to remarry? Well, the answer is yes. It, it is okay to remarry. Because look, Jesus, he never prohibits remarriage in, in anything that he says. But what he says is that if you divorce for anything other than marital unfaithfulness, that it, it's like you're committing adultery but the reason he says that, it's not because he was trying to prevent people from remarrying. He says it because he's trying to raise the bar for sacredness in marriage. That's the point. Okay, well, <clears throat> but hold on, Pastor Mike. But what, what about that part where he says, you know, like, you commit adultery? Like, that, that feels pretty big. Look, that's a tough one. Because marriage and remarriage, it's tough enough without adding any burden to it. Marriage and remarriage is hard enough without adding any weight to the load. And so, as I prayed about this, and so, okay, God, what's the deal here? Um, as I was praying, Jesus reminded me that any of us can be forgiven for anything. Any of us can be forgiven for anything. So look, and when we receive his forgiveness, we're truly forgiven. And when we're truly forgiven, we're truly forgiven, then there's no reason to add guilt or depression or um, shame to any of this kind of stuff. There ought be no regret any longer because it is forgiven. And so look, if there's any lingering issues in your heart, your mind about how things have ended in the past, if, if, if you got divorced for the wrong reason, if there's any of that, if you're truly forgiven by Christ, 
then there's no reason for that to, those lingering issues to add any more burden or any more weight to your life because it's forgiven. Now, that level of forgiveness wasn't available to these people this time because Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet, but he has for us. So, question number two. Here's, here it is. Number two is this. All right, well, is it okay to divorce in the case of abuse? <clears throat> I need you to hear me on this, um, because earlier today, uh, a person caught me right after the service and was visibly shaken and upset. So if you, look, if you hear anything in these next few moments other than God's grace and his love and his mercy, then I'm not doing a good job of communicating, okay? But Jesus does not say that it is okay to divorce in the case of abuse, but here's what I would say, and I think what God would say to you as well. In fact, what I know he would say to you. If you are in a marriage that is abusive, abusive of any kind, then you need to separate. And you need to separate because, above all things, our Heavenly Father wants you to be safe, and he wants your kids to be safe. God does not want you to go back into a relationship and get beaten up in that relationship just for the sake of not breaking a rule. He would want you to separate, but separate so that maybe, hopefully, one day, if the abuse is gone, and you are 100% certain it's gone, that maybe you could come back together. That is what I would tell you. In fact, I'll say this. If there's abuse going on, not only do you need to get set to separate yourself from that other person. But here's what you really need to do. You need to find another Christian couple that loves God and loves you to give you advice about what your next steps ought to be and when you should you know, try to work things out and move back or not. You need another, because here's the deal. If you're, if you're in an abusive situation, that abuse and that emotion clouds your thinking. And it... it, it it makes it harder to make right decisions. So you need other people speaking into your life. So please, get the input of other Christ-honoring, God-fearing couples, okay? All right, uh, number three. Here's the third cl clarifying question. What, well, what if I've divorced for the wrong reasons? What if I've divorced in my past for the wrong reasons? Look, here's the deal. You can't go and undo the past. But Jesus does forgive your past. Okay? That's what Jesus does. Now, Jesus does ask that we would come to him and confess to him the things that we have done wrong. Because look, confession is the path to being forgiven, and forgiveness is the path to freedom. Now look, don't misunderstand. He doesn't want you to get out of your current marriage because you messed up your previous marriage. That would be not holding your current marriage as sacred. Your current marriage is sacred to God no matter what has happened in the past, okay? So let me just make sure that everybody understands that. But what it does mean is that you do confess to Jesus that what you've done in the past is not right. And you seek his forgiveness for it. In fact, let me just say this. There's probably some things that you did in your marriage that led up to divorce that were not right, that you need to ask forgiveness for. In fact, I'll say this. People who have never been divorced, but you're married, 
you have probably done some things, I have done some things in my marriage that were not right, then I need to seek God's forgiveness for. We all do. None of our hands are clean. And so if we will go to Christ and God and ask him to forgive us, then here's what can happen. We can put down that weight that we've been holding and carrying for so long. Because when we confess our sins to God and call it what it is, I'm telling you there's something about receiving that forgiveness that allows us just to put down that weight that we've been carrying and it makes the load so much lighter and so that we can travel farther and find and rekindle happiness and joy in marriage again. Whether it's our first, second, or third marriage or more, it doesn't matter. Put down that weight. And when you put down that weight, look, it'll make you a better husband. It'll make you a better wife. It'll make you a better dad. It'll make you a better mom. It'll make you a better person. And so if you need to confess, then do some confession to God this morning. I'll say this. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, you've never received his forgiveness, you have to start there. Because the first step towards forgiveness is a step towards the cross. That's why Jesus died on the cross, so that he could pay the price for your sins. All of, not just the sins that you commit in marriage, but all your sins you've ever committed in your whole life. So if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life to forgive you and commit to following, like, you need to do that right now. And for everybody else, what I would encourage you to do is take a few moments here at the end of this message and ask him to forgive you for things that have gone on in your marriage or in, or in a previous marriage, if need be. So here's what I want us to do. I want everybody right now, I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. If you're ready to pray the prayer to become a Christ follower, that prayer is it's on your message notes at the bottom. If you've never prayed that prayer, I want you to pray that prayer right now. Now, if you're already a Christ follower, and you need to take a few moments, and you need to do some confession about things that you've done in your marriage or previous marriage, and you want to receive God's forgiveness for that, then I want you to spend some time and specifically confess to him what that was and seek his forgiveness. I want to give everybody a chance to do that for these next few moments. Just do that silently with God right now. Heavenly Father, I pray for freedom, freedom that comes with forgiveness. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you said, that you raised the bar of the sacredness of marriage because every single marriage matters to you, and they're sacred to you. Help us, Lord Jesus, to view it like you do, to treat it like you do, protect it, Guard it, nurture it, invest in it like you want us to. And so I pray that you would help all of us. Married, single, wanting to be married again, or that you would help all of us to view things like you do. We love you. And I pray for that kind of freedom that you intended back then that we would experience that sort of freedom today. 
In Jesus, we ask you to do it. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.